The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. It's our favorite time. We're on the air. Yay. Yay. (laughs) I hope that didn't sound as, like, pathetic as it felt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even if it did, by the time we get through with all the musings that we're going to go on and what magic is, it'll probably be fine. You'll get get hyped on it. I know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll so get my second one. You were win. telling me at the beginning of the of before we, as our check-in on our own side, the kind mm-hmm. of day you've been having and I thought I'd let you kind of share that because I personally think it's a Mercury retrograde and nobody told us. <laughs> well, it's just I'm going into the busiest time for a tail shop owner and um so the you know the last couple of weeks has have been spent ordering lots of stock that I might not normally order and um, you know, both in quantity and in items. And, and today, the last couple of days, it, it dawned on me like, oh, I have a lot of things coming in and I don't have enough places to put all of the things. <laughs> so I got some, absolutely. So I got some new furniture and a cute little display rack. And, and I, one of my favorite things is thinking out and organizing and making little and it's like creating altars all over the shop. It, I really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I was looking forward to it, but I got up much earlier today than I normally do and got going much faster than I normally get going. And um, what I thought was going to be a, a two to three hour project turned into a five to six hour project. And, and so it just threw my whole day off. And so now I'm sort of behind and, and I think actually I'm caught up, but I don't brain hasn't caught up with the fact that I'm caught up. Um, mm-hmm. But so thankfully tomorrow I have the day off and I don't have any commitments except for a celebration of someone's birthday tomorrow night. So I feel like, okay, I, and I have a day off and it's my only day off um, until Thanksgiving. So uh, I plan to, to take advantage of it. <laughs> I think you should. I really yeah. do. I think you should. Me because too. It's, Definitely. And, you know, Thanksgiving, depending on what you're doing, you know, what kind of family involvements you have is never really all that um, relaxing in many ways, you know, depending on if you're the one hosting or hostessing the location or, you know, whatever. And there's always a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, yeah. mine is going to be real quiet. Thanksgiving is going to be just like totally bland because all of my family's back out of the area some of them that are here are going out of the area to other parts of their family my own biological family is you know not going to be available until i see them at christmas time so a very dear family friend of mine and i are going to go to our it's a wonderful little blit restaurant and have turkey dinner 
and then come back nice. here and, you know, just hang out. And I thought, that's really kind of, you know, cool. I mean, I, I'm used to yeah. a lot of family. I mean, you know, Italian, you have tons of family and God knows how much drama and all the stuff that goes <laughs> with it. And it's, it's been very quiet. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. But anyway, and I, you know, when I, when my husband was alive, we would be the ones that hosted the, the holidays. We'd host Christmas, we'd host New Year's, we'd host, you know, Thanksgiving. So right. it, it's kind of like, I'm like, is this what retirement's really like? Yeah, <laughs> you <know>? nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're not yeah, hosting so. this year, so it is a day off, thankfully. Oh, there you go. Excellent, excellent, yeah. My week has just been so strange, and I, as I said, I keep thinking it's a Mercury retrograde because there's so many glitches with things that you would associate with a Mercury retrograde that I'm like going, really, it isn't, it isn't, you know, right. yoga classes getting canceled and um, skewed times, you know, things that you think you're going to do and that you don't do and people misplace, you know, their, the focus of what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, the weekend is upon us and I'm going to find a hole and hide in it. Oh, I, I'm going to be doing the um, Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour on uh, Sunday, they went oh. out of their way to try and get a hold of me. For obviously, somebody didn't isn't going to do it, but I said yes, so that's going to be kind nice. of interesting. And then going to see Kataro, which is a musician that is very well known within the New Age circles. He's very, uh, you know, I I got introduced in the 80s and 90s to him, and just absolutely loved him. And um, a friend of mine family friend is taking me to that on Sunday evening for a it's my birthday gift but since my birthday is in Christmas time area and he's going to be here we decided this was my birthday gift so nice I will be able to share that the next time we get together <laughs> so what is your topic for the radio show on Sunday what are you going to be talking about gratitude Ooh, I lovely why. yes well I figured you know, in in light of everything that's gone on, and of course, you know, there's always a free spell, and I have to come up with something rather poignant about that. But yeah. um, I really thought that it was time we looked at the gratitude that we have for all that we've, you know, all that's happened out of what has happened. What is it that we could pull gratitude from? And I know it's, you know, how do I want to put this? It's more like a, a Zen, you know, there's Zen and Buddhism and, you know, all that consciousness but it is part of every religion and every culture and every belief system of, you know, gratitude of, you know, what you have and what you walk around with. So right. I thought, well, that seemed about right, and Thanksgiving's around the corner, so I, you know, it was like, that seems about it. So we'll see nice. how that, that comes about. Well, that ought to be fun. Yeah, it should be. We'll see. I'm kind of like going, okay, so I'm going to do that, run out the door, meet my friend, and then she's going to take me. I hope this all works out well. Yeah, it'll be fun. So as long as we don't have rain, I'm fine because, you know, when you're trying to get someplace reasonably fast, even in the dark when it's raining, it's icky, but, you know. So here we are. What is our topic for this wonderful event that we are having tonight? Is this called Magic? Magic, our very vague topic, Magic. I know. I like it. I like it. Gives us a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do we want to approach this? Um, 
want to just start as what is magic? What is magic? Yeah. What is it, Elvira? Tell us. <laughs> Gee, uh, well, you know, there's the there is the um, dictionary definition, and we're talking the paranormal. We're not talking about magical, you know, illusionary magic, but they, right. they basically it goes as this. It says magic or sorcery is the use of ritual, symbols, actions, gesture, and language with the aim of utilizing supernatural forces. Mm-hmm. So we can there we go, go from there. That's pretty vague, pretty open, and we can go from that. So, um, you know, and, and I think that people who have practiced magic have referred to themselves as magicians, you know. Um, yep. So how do we how do we look at this? You know, it's we have a definition of uh, a general definition, and we will kind of drill down with that maybe. But um, I liked what you were basically we were talking about of you know the different ways of spelling magic. Mm, right, right, right. So yeah, well, why don't what, you throw what, that one out? Sure. Um, what I was taught, and I don't remember where this originated from or who taught me this. So apologies teacher, whoever you are, um, I was taught that magic, M-A-G-I-C, referred to stage magic, sleight of hand, tricks, card tricks, um, you know, David Copperfield magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, is uh, ritual magic, uh, craft, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, what You know, more of what we're going to talk about tonight. And then sometimes you may see magic spelled with a J instead of a G. And I was told that that was just being extra fancy. <laughs> and that there really is no legitimate reason to do it that way other than people trying to even further pull Wicca, witchcraft, magical processes away from what might be considered sleight of hand. Um, mm-hmm. So so that, that on I used to be a stickler for the K. I felt like you had to magic with a K when you were talking about witchcraft. Um, otherwise, you know, that's how you differentiate it. And I've noticed in the last year, especially with, with my blog, um, I've gotten kind of lax about it and I'm not so much a stickler as I once was. So I don't know what that's about. It could just be laziness. But I uh-huh. think, you know, uh-huh. the things that I use, especially when I was a young baby witch and the things felt so radical and it was a way to be like, yeah, you know, fighting the mainstream and and now I'm just not I don't care so much about fighting the mainstream. I care more about what I'm doing and what my beloveds are doing and um that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, but, I mean it's it's maturity and I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I mean it's maturity of our craft, of becoming more uh mature in our craft rather than, you know, the other things. It doesn't mean that we don't get hot under the collar about certain things, but I, I think we're we're looking at it from uh, like down the road. Like, yeah, I you know I was really in arms about this, and I'm really you know, and then suddenly it's like, well, I want to be more true to the work I'm doing rather than yeah. this other side. Yeah. Although I gotta say, now that we're talking about it, I feel myself again becoming attached to the K. I'm I'm having a very Libran day. My moon sign is in Libra, so I, my partner Guyan and I were <laughs> driving home earlier today, and 
I was having this conversation with him, like hashing out this concept. And I start to argue one side of the concept. And then as I am arguing the one side, I am totally understanding the other side. And I start to argue the other side of the concept. I'm having a very Libran day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can understand that. I mean, truthfully, I... My moon is in Gemini, so I am kind of that oh, there we you know, go. either side, yes. But I also have a lot of my other planets in the sign of Libra. So that's kind of, yeah. you know, they throw those things in there. But yeah. So if I argue passionately, then I also go to the other side. But I have to stay. I usually start with, like, one area I'm really into. And then suddenly, just like you, I start to see the other side. And I go, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but there's also merit in part of this and you know, right so. yeah uh the the problems of by buying into the the balance of scales you know oh well right so but yeah so you know and and i know that there are all kinds of ways to look at magic and you know the magic with a k the the more yeah. spell spiritual kind of process you know it but most people you know, like our clients or people that start, you know, working with the different aspects of magic, it's because we're looking to try and get into the science of the control of the secret forces, so to speak, of nature. You know, we're trying mm-hmm. to learn how to control our environment. Right, right. And that okay. is one of the descriptions of magic uh, by Doreen, Doreen Virtue, Doreen Virtue, <laughs> Um <laughs> I think now it's yeah brain is not functioning today I apologize it's Dorian uh, virtue thank you yeah the art of changing consciousness at will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah magic is the science of art of causing a change to occur in conformity with will that's Aleister Crowley's definition oh, yeah oh, wonderful Aleister Crowley see yeah yeah, no. and and Derek Gardner said that magic is the art of changing. No, 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 that was Crowley. Uh, Gardner said attempting to cause the physically unusual. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> and a, it's kind of like okay, everybody. You know, it's like how do I say this thing in my way, and you yeah. know, and put the spin on it for my way, and you know, okay, that's the whole point um one of the things that i have found a lot of in terms of how i try to describe magic to clients because usually they're they're in need they're in need they want something and so i explain to them it's desire made real how you do the desire made real is you know the um the, the the structure of it, how you structure getting what you're looking for, what you're trying to get, and what you're putting out there. But I also think that um, we also have to realize that sometimes there's a bigger thing going on than our will and wanting yeah. to do it our way, you know, like yeah. hitting a brick wall a lot when you're not getting something. So, Absolutely. Um, oh, and I want to make a yeah. correction. I said, I said, Dorian Virtue. It's Dion Fortune who said Dion the Fortune. art of changing conscious. Well, yeah. Just wanted oh, to get, okay. correctly quote Dion Fortune. <laughs> True. We, if we're going to give people, you know, credit, we need to do it appropriately. Yes. Yes. And um, of course, it's been around forever. 
you know, when I say forever, as long as humankind has been out there, magic in the magical principles and even without the principles, the concept of magic Mm -hmm. with a K has been around. I mean, Mm -hmm. humans have been out there. What I found really interesting in some of the research I was doing, my own ideas of magic, I I practice magic, blah, blah, blah. But I I did a lot of research on this topic and... um, there is this breakdown between magic and science and, uh-huh. uh, and different philosophers and different researchers and different scientists break these concepts down differently uh, and religion, religion. So we have, we have science, we have religion and we have magic and, and different people believe those things or do not intersect or flow together or do not flow together differently. And I've always sort of felt that science and magic we're the same. Um, and uh-huh. it's that science, you know, magic is the, the thing that we just know in our beings. It's the, it's the life force. It's the energy. It's the, it's the way we connect to the universe. And science is catching up and being able to explain those concepts that magic makes poetry and myth about. And then science catches up and says, oh, but this is, this is why it's like concepts that uh-huh. magical practitioners uh-huh. have known for hundreds of years and only recently has science given it a logical explanation or started to do studies or, or what have you on these concepts. So I feel like, you know, I, I think there's, there's a bit of, from the science perspective, there's a little bit of looking down one's nose at magic and having right. feelings that, you know, magic is superstition and religion is just organized superstition and that science is real and I find that really irritating because there are so much there's so much overlap between science and magic of course there is of course and you know if you're looking I have always looked at science as the it's magic it's just taking it and moving it through um a different uh, a different lens to get it to because mm-hmm. people are talking in ways that magicians the people that practice this magic of working with the elements and the different aspects of divinity etc as um, they take it from one from a knowingness mm-hmm. and science is about proving right right so it's it it kind of goes well. Well, then we've proved, just like they proved, right. that when a body dies, it loses weight instantaneously. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a soul that has left that, that one right. area. And, you know, so in a strange way, it's taking the intellectual side <laughs> and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, well, now we can prove that this is what it is. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And I think some of the, the that disassociation between magic and science and especially from the science end. I don't think very many magical practitioners are like science. That's ridiculous. You know, but yeah. I think <laughs> from the other way, it's magic and think it's a bunch of hogwash. Um, and I, and I, again, in my research, what I think what has come to sort of hit me is this is due to our enculturation because the Romans and magic illegal, mm-hmm. not doing spells, not doing witchcraft, not doing religion, not doing ritual, none of those things, but they called magic 
very specifically was when people were being charlatans. Magic was when people were taking your money and saying they were going to do spell work for you, or they were taking your money and saying that they were doing something on your behalf and they weren't, they were just taking your money. It wasn't illegal to do spells. It wasn't ritual. It wasn't illegal to do what we might even consider magic now in 2017. But back Uh then, that was the way they were able to, to take out the scammers. And so I think that, that that concept of magic being a scam art is in our con- collective consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Well, see, and now I, I like that concept. You know, maybe I, my, my Italian-Roman background suddenly kicks in on genetics or something. I don't know. But the <laughs> idea that you can find a way to weed out the scammers, just like we have scammers on, you know, mm-hmm. Medicare plan, you know, people that call and, and or the IRS scamming, people doing scams about that and getting money. Yeah. Um, this has, I mean, they're all illusionary. So if right. you're looking at magic with a C as illusionary sleight of hand, it is a sleight of hand in one way, not necessarily yeah. as we would say taking a card and making it disappear routine, but it's that same aspect. So I do like that. That kind of makes me warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Um, but we have, and then we have, you know, there's like, okay, what are some of the common uh, features of magic with a K practice? I mean, what, mm-hmm. what makes up doing magic? So, um, mm-hmm. do you want to name some, or you want me to, you know, we can start yeah, out you with, Yeah, st- like, you start. I get to start. Yay! Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like rituals. You know, we right. do magical rituals, which are, as we've talked about in the past and, and more, is that, you know, actions that consist of gestures and performed with specific special objects at particular times and locations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we are creating a environment where we can connect with these energies to again create some kind of desired change right. and um, it's I think in its when I think of magic the first thing I do think of is ritual you know that, that's yeah. kind of like oh that's magic you know but um, and then you have different things that you use for instance as we've talked about tools and then we have magical symbols Mm-hmm. And we have um, magical languages, so you know mm-hmm. ways of writing things, of speaking things. You know, there's certain uh, principles, and it's basically uh, sympathetic magic. You know, like right. trying to get the the similarity to be able to bring what we want. Like, okay, if, you know, we'll we'll talk of something very um, that we have dealt with a lot, people that want something, uh, that they want something to happen with a relationship. So you either do a figural candle, um, you do candles as representations of the individuals, you do a poppet and, you know, Mm -hmm. create that energy where you're working that, you know, symbiotic process. Like you are this and I am creating the change. Right. Sympathetic magic too is one of the oldest, recorded forms of magic and it, it the our ancient ancient ancestors would do sympathetic magic for example before the tribe would go out to hunt and the the magician the shaman the, the magical person of the tribe 
uh, would dress as the the hunted creature, the the deer or the buffalo or whatever it was they were hunting, and the, they would do a ritual and they would enact what they wanted to happen on the hunt. And they would Uh symbolically kill the animal and they would do this ritual, this spell, this magical piece to create the right atmosphere. So when they went out for the hunt, they killed the the animal they were wanting to kill and that all of the hunters were safe. Uh This is Uh something that's found in cave drawings. It's written about extensively sympathetic magic. That is what it is. We're going to do this thing. We're going to enact and so the outcome of the actual situation goes exactly how I want it to and that's like I'm going to burn this candle and this candle is going to have impact on this situation so that the outcome is what I want it to be right right yeah a lot of the and I think that you know when you're making spell bags or mojo bags you know you're making Mm -hmm. things to create that kind of process you're trying to work with that that pulling that energy into to work with you and to create a desired outcome so um, right and you know we've we've discussed a lot of things in separate um recordings we've done you know certain items you know and we've used them and discussed them like you know the cauldron and the the athame and the sword and the you know the wand and things like that but when you start looking at this is the this is what's behind the use of all of those things yeah magic is yeah. what's behind it mm-hmm. yeah so. there's a, a a french sociologist in some of the the reading i was doing marcel maus and he posited that magic was actually the opposite of religion where before a lot of these sociologists and anthropologists and thinkers were magic came first. That's like the most crude form of, of what we do as humans, religion and then science came third. And that's the evolution of us as thinking spiritual beings. It's kind of sad to think about mm-hmm. it that way where Mouse uh, looked at it and said magic is the, actually the opposite of religion and that religion is public and it is organized and, it is, and, and you know, it's a cult, basically, where magic is something that is personal and secret and mysterious and you do it either by yourself or with a small group of people and it feels forbidden. Therefore, that's where the power comes in because it is this, secret quiet thing that's not social it's not you're not going on Sunday in your best dress and saying hello to all of the people in your neighborhood that's religion magic is something a little bit more uh, where you're actually getting your hands dirty that's the differentiation and I kind of like that yeah yeah well it definitely makes I mean you think about what we do as you know witches and you know what is done in different cultures of, you know, shamans and medicine yeah. people and, you know, the, the curanderas and curanderos and you're dealing with using this energy in a secret way, in a way right. that is not out there in the middle of everybody. I mean, when we do public rituals, then we're actually crossing over in the definition yeah. of that and I actually see that as we create it, and yes, it becomes a larger experience, but then what we're doing is we're getting everybody's energy in it to experience 
all of that energy in a bigger way. So it's not as private, really. Right, right. Yeah. You can see, you know, from these thinkers in the in the 1500s and 1600s and 1700s, and this continues to develop where we have all of these these occultists, is probably what we would call them now, mm-hmm. um, doing things, natural magic or magira naturalis, and testing all of these theories. And there's a little bit of working with demons and trying to summon energies that and life forces that we don't necessarily uh, look at on our day-to-day lives. And and what this did, what it literally, you can see, the more you study it, the more it became like, oh, I'm going to test this random theory. I'm going to try and invoke this demon. I'm going to try and create gold using alchemy. And these people mm-hmm. who were into it slowly started, they became scientists because then they were like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if you do this and this and this, you this is your outcome. Where people in this same sort of uh, age of enlightenment, you know, we have like Blavatsky who was doing all these very same tests, but she believed that there was magic in she wasn't completely divorcing the idea of un, un, totally un, um, understandable concepts and mm-hmm. understandable mm-hmm. concepts and that they interact with each other. Right. And, of course, as we know, you get, and I love this, it's kind of like new thought. Um, yeah. And then we go into the new age and then we go into the the enlightenment, you know, the love, you know, the enlightened yep. group. And what what you're noticing is is as people they move forward and they find different things that are part of the same thing science and magic the the, the spiritual realm the realm that is unseen and what we can yeah. do and and add and it becomes uh and then again you know you're talking about things becoming more available just like we've been talking about the different um traditions is that you know you you start seeing people going from like the rosicrucians or the masons or any of the ones that were doing things as a invited you're invited and tested and brought in or you know a special more secretive coven or things like that to more open like uh get online and do this and you know we have Mm -hmm. this online chat and you know we're talking about magic online and you know spiritual summoning of whatever (laughs) right it's become much more out there, just like yeah. we've become out of the broom closet, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And you said something yeah. that made me chuckle because the 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 new age, the the neo, and and like how it's not new. It's just it's old, but it's kind of being un- resurfaced with the new name. You know, funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's true even when you're talking new thought. I mean, Absolutely. about the new thought and, you know, affirmations and yep. positive thinking. And, you know, here I am, I, you know, for a long time I belonged to the Church of Religious Science. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, Church of Religious Science, spirituality is there's a, you know, a formula and you can, which is scientific, and you can do this and it will do that and it will bring this kind of process. Um, is just a more sciencey kind of way of dealing with, magic <laughs> right yeah you know? absolutely so yeah, yeah. I, was, I was kind of and uh, you know i didn't i have not done rosicrucian but um my husband had done rosicrucian and so it was kind of funny when he would actually talk to me because you know it wasn't like he was that secretive about a lot of stuff but it was like oh well that's like this over here in witchcraft yeah and he's like what? yeah 
you know, that kind of thing. So it is, it has its ways all over the place. But, oh, yeah. My mom course, is uh, in the religious science church, and she would tell me some of the things she was learning when she was going through practitioner training. And I was like, that's, you're doing a spell. What you're telling me right now is a very full spell. And she was like, no. Uh-huh. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was, it was, I never went to, well, the problem with, I wanted to do practitionership, but the particular church that I was going to, the particular reverend, made it very clear when I went in for my interview to go from, you know, the the, the lower class um, teachings, you can then go in and you have to have this interview. And he was very adamant that I had to give up all things outside of the precepts of the, the practitionership and Church of Religious Science belief systems and I looked at them, and I, I very calmly said, I'm sorry, I will be a priestess of the goddess forever and ever, so um, I guess I'm not going to be doing this. And How interesting, because I thought they were non-denominational, so that's very, so very I. interesting. And this happened, yeah. and I was, I was very disturbed by it. it was, and I found yeah. out later that this particular reverend was very structured in that way, and mm. the weird part was that he actually, when he was getting his training, he was in Southern California, and he knew my brother, who was also going through practitionership down there. <laughs> and how I'm like, funny. How small, because he looked at my name, and Kirkarudo was what I was going by at the time, and he just said, are you any relationship to so-and-so? And I said, yeah, he's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, nice. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, it just means that we're a small world no matter where we go. That's but, true. So, Absolutely. You know. So we can use magical language, we can use magical symbols, you know, and I think that those are, I mean, quite frankly, I always love like the rune alphabet or the, oh, the yeah. magical alphabet of the strega or, you know, I was yeah, really too. always into that. It was like, oh yeah, that's, I think it also means that it's, it's secretive in its own right. I mean, you, yeah. you got to know it. I mean, yeah, you can look at a book and get it, but it it's different. It's It's like... The big time when you first started to learn to to do your alphabet in the the uh, English language, it's like wow, nice. this is so great. But <laughs> nice. you know, I was I'm a kid at heart. It was like, Jake, can I do that? You know, when I was in Sicily, I um I was at the Mediterranean, obviously, because we had the we were in this one little, um, well, it wasn't little, but hotel area. And because it was off season, unfortunately, because they have a certain season, and we were in at September, which meant they had closed. They were closing it down, literally. Um, by the time we were finished. And so I was out. For some reason, I I needed to get out and go walk down the beach. And I started drawing. I took a stick and I started drawing, like, symbols. And they weren't necessarily symbols of a language I knew. I just started doing it. And it was fascinating because I was going through the feeling of what was going on because there was some turmoil that had been going on um, within the people that I was on vacation with and so I was trying to sort of let go of all of that and I went out there and it was weird it was very magical because I kept writing and doing these lines and and circles and and all kinds of stuff and then the water would come up and it would take it away and it was weird I never I mean it was nothing I could go okay I have this book and it says this is what the symbology is of these lines and circles and things but so I believe that we don't always have to know the actual um, proven uh, symbols and and you know languages, alphabetical or magical languages. I think it comes mm-hmm. from within us. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but 
So that's magic too. <laughs> Go to the beach and do things on the beach. They're like right do on. random things. <laughs> random. Well, as long as they're reasonable, like you know, randomly take your clothes off. No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Well, it depends Not on the, the beach. Public area. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, should so, we take a break and then come back and discuss more more about magic? Sounds like a plan, my dear. Go for it. All right. We'll go. Be right we'll be back. back. Okay. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, that's so quick. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know how things are. We, I love the fact that we're the last ones. <laughs> kind of like Save the best for last. Of course. Of course. We're, we're so nice. <laughs> So, one of the things I thought we might go into is, you know, I love this, and I think you and I, as I say, we kind of wandered through it at the beginning before we started the show, is like the right-hand path, the left-hand path. Yeah, that's something that we hear a lot about or or is discussed or whispered Mm -hmm. about. So, what is your definition of the right and the left-hand path? Yeah, so how I have been taught the the right-hand path is a specific kind of magic. It's uh, the blessing kind, the healing magic, the um, what we might consider white light magic, the, the helping magic, the growing and bringing forth, right? Where the left path is uh, the cursing work, the banishing work, the, the turning away. Um, and, um, and those two sides, they're, the two, they're two sides of one coin. So in order to know how to do healing magic, you also know how to do harming magic. In order to know how to curse someone, you need to know how to curse someone because they are two sides of the same coin. And um, to understand the concepts of that magic, to understand the what that magic works, you have to understand it, its opposite. Uh, so that's how I was told about the right and left hand path. But you had a little bit of a different description that I found really interesting. Yeah, and it's good because, I mean, truthfully, that's what I learned it as, you know, and then, you know, kind of things. But when I started doing research and, you know, again, books and, you know, I do the old-fashioned first. I, I actually go to my books and I look at those. And the fact that I actually have hardcover books, you know, that's a big thing. But um, they talk about the right-hand path. Be, is becoming one with the divine, dissolving the ego. So if you think about the white light path, the white path of the, the blessing, is 
if you take away your ego, then you're 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 working in a co-creative process with with the divine. However, you have is it a goddess, a god, yewa, whatever, um, in terms of that. And I could see where those two could you know two areas could fit in terms of definition. And the left-hand path is turning oneself into a deity and achieving apotheos. So becoming the deity. So if you're cursing or you're you're banishing, you're creating a turning away and you're becoming the deity itself, the energy itself to do what you're doing. So I can see, you know, because, again, dark and light, and, you know, we don't consider dark negative. It's just the opposite of light. But then if you're doing things that are harmful, Mm -hmm. then I would look at it as you become deity you are the you are dealing out the um the justice according to how you see it now you know obviously that may mean that people that have done horrid things need you know cause and effect kind of a situation so right i i kind of go you you curse somebody (laughs) because you didn't get what you wanted because they got in the way is petty going after someone who has harmed children or harmed women or harmed animals or harmed, you know, other human, adult male and females Mm -hmm. um, in the format, that in itself is, I would use that as a, you know, a, a guiding light because then being a deity, so to speak, you are the justice of the process. Right. But that's how I kind of have how this kind of got more extrapolated on my side, yeah. you know, the way it was defined. So, well, and yeah. you know, there's there's an effect, a magical concept, and it is scientific. Every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. This is a proven, if you are scientifically inclined, scientific concept. So, you go and you murder someone. And someone comes in to reciprocate and beats the crap out of you, and then you retaliate, right? So this is the going down this this downward spiral spiral of retaliation. But for everything you do, every and just think about the mind-boggling magnitude of this for a freaking second. Everything mm-hmm. you do has a reaction. Everything. The words that I'm saying right now. Excuse me. <laughs> coughing. <laughs> the chair that I'm sitting in, the the computer that I'm using, the fingers, the typing and how I'm moving my fingers, everything I'm doing, no matter how minute, is going to have a reaction. And we can't possibly know, I mean, we might be able to, but we can't possibly know what the that reaction is going to be. And so there are these other laws that sort of feed into that cause and effect law, like the law of attraction, the type of energy that you put out into the world is the threefold law. It's what's going to come back to you. Uh, What you call into yourself is what's going to come. Your thoughts become your words, which become your deeds, which become your actions. These concepts are all around that cause and effect concept. And that is a scientific concept. This is magic. You know, if you know what you're thinking and you are able to adjust your thoughts in a more positive way, just to kind of be a white lighter for a second, if you can adjust your thoughts to be more positive, that will begin to adjust your words to be more positive. That will begin to adjust your actions to be more positive, which will in turn bring more positivity to you. 
Um, there's also that law. I think it's a law of similarity. Maybe that's not the right law. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like you buy, you never see a blue car ever. And then you buy a blue car and all of a sudden every other car around you is a blue car. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's the, these are things that happen. These are Mm -hmm. things that happen and they're magical concepts. Yeah. And they are translated into the things that you do in magical practices and, you know, to do that. And I, you know, it's funny because you were talking about that and you were going through the process and it's like they, they, one of the things that I, I notated was that under will, you have the individual will that goes to the divine will, and what you have is aligning your individual will with the divine will, and it then depends on the perspective of the practitioner whether you're going to do left or right-hand path magic. So right. it the same thing. I mean, it, it and if you're doing work for someone, it isn't just what that person wants because you're putting your energy into it and right. creating through your you as a vessel, um, right? And so, you know that's one of the reasons that practitioners, people that are um, practitioners of magic, need to, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's serious. It's you know, you, it's not like a little lark. And I think that um, we all get in it because we want something. <laughs> we all right. do. And yeah. then we start getting it, and you know the old saying: "Be careful for what you wish for, for Absolutely. when it comes to you, you won't want it." Yeah. And um, you know, it's kind of interesting how many clients want certain things, and when they, you know, if they actually go through the process and it comes to them, that a lot of them will say later on, "I really didn't want what I got," you know, that kind of thing. So, and most of it is, you know, the ego-based process of wanting yeah. something is, you know, that, you know, I I look at it as going, well, okay, you know, we all learn from our mistakes, just, you know, that's part of the, the process. Right. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And so. there are some magical principles that, um, especially when I was studying with this Druid organization, they were considered laws. They were arcane laws, and at least in this one Druid group and the one that I always remember because I and I have them here if anyone's super curious there's 10 of them um but the one that I remember the most and that I quote all the time is the law of polarity that two things in opposition can both be true and I feel like this is a such an important magical concept and it's an important spiritual concept uh, because so often in our society, we believe that it can only be one way. And magic doesn't work that way. It can be many ways. It can look a hundred different ways. And number way number one and way number 50 and way number 17, neither of them is, is right or better than the other. And that is another right. part of, of magic, uh, understanding there isn't just one way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. Well, and if there were... Look at the different belief systems and the different mm-hmm. ways that people practice the magic from, you know, tradition to tradition. Uh, it, you get there, there are all different ways to get there. It's not the yeah. same. And, and, you know, one of the things that I remember uh, Matthew Fox talked about in terms of that is there are many rivers, but, you know, one source. And mm-hmm. you know, that's true in, in the magical print practices of 
magic as much right. as in religion. <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it does become for for witches, for pagans, for folks who talking about magic isn't just practicing spells, but it's also being involved in the religion of witchcraft and the religion of being a pagan. This mm-hmm. is the, the, it gets muddy. The lines are blurry mm-hmm. because practicing magic, connecting to divinity, uh, worshiping the earth, these, this is magic. And so mm-hmm. for, for folks who, you know, who are listening where this isn't just about um, the folk magic of this, but the religious magic of this, there's a mm-hmm. lot of bleed over between what might be considered religion and what might be considered spells or magic, you know? Right, right, right. And, and, you know, you have, um, you know, the old saying, as above, so below, as within, so without, you know, that that is, that has to do with all of what we're talking about in in all the things that we're doing, and, you know, the magical spells we do, the, you know, the, the spiritual beliefs we hold, the, the religions or the, the deities that we um, follow or, or work with. Uh, right. It's, it's really... That's, I guess, why I get, you know, the old saying, walk your talk. I I have always, when I started working the path, I literally, that's what I kept hearing over and over again and being who you are and being inside and out and all of that. And it's hard to hold that, you know. It's a very hard practice to hold. And so doing, you know, magic comes as well. I mean, you know, you really want something and you're going to go after it no matter what and you're going to make it yours no matter what and yet if it's going to take someone else's free will away the question is you know you have that point of reference and i think nothing is devoid of um ethics yeah yeah and what i what you know what you just said is one oldest concepts of my personal practice and that's personal integrity walking Mm -hmm. your talk and um you know i i so funny i just wrote a blog post about um creating your own pinnacle and and finding the five points that are the most important points for you as a pagan and creating a pinnacle that you can run through your body as a tool. And one of the points of my pinnacle is integrity. And it was something that I actually went to a very non-traditional high school for my last year of high school. And that was something that was ingrained into us. It was about personal integrity. Are you in integrity right now? Are you doing this from a place of integrity? And I feel like that is, that has to be your very first step in anything. Is this in alignment with really who you are? Is is this walking your talk? And that mm-hmm. it is hard. <laughs> it is hard. Oh, yeah. 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 It is. And, you know, when somebody's out of balance, they are, you know, it's kind of a, this is maybe off but not off of what we're talking about, is that if you're if you are not in balance and you come into spiritual practice and magical practice and you start doing things from an out of balance standpoint meaning you're very angry or you're you know very depressed or whatever you're going to be putting that energy into the magical practice the magical workings that you're doing and it 
it generates that kind of thing. So you 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 are walking your talk, mm-hmm. but unfortunately not in balance and not in necessarily. I mean, you could say integrity because you're walking it according to your state of being, but not the higher value of integrity. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah, I think tricky. Tricky. Yeah, it does have that. So, you know, and then of course the one I love the the maxim. I love how they put this. The maxim of of you know the Hermetic tradition. So of course mm. that's special. Is you know the one I think way back when we had I think maybe our first or second show something mm-hmm. happened and we it was like to know to will to dare. And to keep silent. To keep Sometimes silent. Sometimes that keeping silent is the hardest part because yep. we want to say things, we want to do things. And in the old tradition that I learned, you know, you don't talk about your magical working because you dispel the energy. Right. So, right. It's a set it and forget it. <laughs> right. You do the you do it. the work. You create the spell. You do you do the magic, and then you move on, and you just have faith and trust that. That is, and that is hard. It is. Yep. That is a very hard practice to follow. It is a very hard thing to to do as people who are involved in this, and then yep. when you get people who are coming to you uh, for help, and you have to, you know, it's kind of like let it go, release, get on, and it's like no, I need to do more. I've got to yeah. help. You know, and you're like no, you know, it's it. There is that and. We're talking about magic. It has many, very many facets of what you do. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. Truly, truly. So, um, do we have anything? Any more words of wisdom we want to throw out there while we're we've got maybe about five more minutes or four more minutes? <laughs> um, you know, there. I think this is one of those topics where we could talk forever and continue to expand and, and dig into some of these concepts around Druids and Masons and Rosicrucians and, you know, cause there's occultists who have been writing about magic for hundreds of years. And, and so there's a lot of information out there and it is often very heady. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot of it is written in arcane language, but mm-hmm. there is a lot out there. So, you know, if this is dear listeners, this is something that, you want to learn more about, you want to dig in more into this esoteric loveliness. There is an unending amount of stuff to read and people to study and information to dig up. So I encourage, at least if you're, you know, if you're an armchair pagan and you just want to know a little bit of this and you're a dabbler and this is cool, then maybe all you need is me and Elvira babbling about this for the last hour. But there's a ton of information out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, we have Bonwit, you know, Isaac Bonwit, who, who yeah. you know, took the the concepts of the magical aspects, the, the uh, esoteric point of references. You have people like Francis King and Jeff St- uh, Stephen Skinner, who also did high magic. Um, and we're not, these are people that did it on an esoteric, but did it also with external books, not necessarily in you know, initiatory, fraternal, you know, I hate saying fraternal because then that's only guy stuff, but, you know, right. the, the concepts of secret organizations uh, that work together in that dynamic, uh, as well as people that we've been talking about in different um, 
traditions. So yeah. uh, it's it's there's a lot out there you can find some you know some of the more the uh, more uh, the older group of people you know theosophists mm-hmm. like that or you yeah. know the more the more modern ones fairy tradition things like that. So um, they're all part of this big thing, and then use magic and what it does, and it's kind of like a big topic, and it falls into places. So that seems to be all on on a on a process. I mean, they have, you know, like ingredients is desire, form, and manifestation. You know, they've got little formulas. There's always like, you know, that's another one of those things that I love, like formulas. That's so cool. You know, oh yeah, I can this plus this plus this equals that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fun stuff. I guess yeah. very scientific. Yeah, again, scientific. And, and yeah. they try to make it that, but, you know, in the end, they're, like we were talking about the left and the, the right-hand path, you know, science and magic are the same coin, just different sides. Right, exactly. So, yeah. But there we so, are. Yeah. I mean, we're, That's we're almost at the end of our time, but I yeah. think we've we've at least touched on a lot of things people can find you know, and yeah. part of what we've said, interesting, they can follow through on, you know, further internet exploration and, yes. you know, but like we always say, be very conscious of the internet and what you're getting and how you're yeah. doing, you know, who you're researching it with. Take it all with a grain of salt. Large boulders of salt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and then next week we'll, we'll, we'll be on the air with a new episode about the Norse god Odin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which will be fun, and it'll be after Thanksgiving, so I think it's, yes. it's going to have a another flavor, and then the magic goes on to um, the third week, which will be reclaiming the next week after that. So yeah, then we'll continue. Yeah, we're continuing our um, exploration of different traditions of witchcraft, and this is this is one that I have known intimately for over twenty years. Weird. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that's a long time, girl. Good times, I know. Weird, oh. I'm old. All right then. Oh. All right. On that that <laughs> on that note. note, she will she will <laughs> conquer off and have a relaxing day for her old yes. bones, right? I'm gonna go have a cocktail and I'm gonna watch some Project Runway, and Ooh, that's about it. You. Yep, right. that's well, my plan. That's, that's a good plan, and yeah. I'm going to hang out our silent audience of my friend Alma is over here and we're going to bring my the dogs back out since they've been really good and quiet and, and kind of nice. hang out and who knows what we're going to do. It'll be fun to yeah. just watch television or something. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good on my end, sounds good on your end, my dear. And everyone out there in Radio Land, have a wonderful evening and a great weekend. Safe. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.